0: everyone and welcome to the Speak Easy. I'm your host Allison Hopper and I'm a licensed speech language pathologist and I kind of started this podcast because I noticed there's lots of podcasts for speech pathologists but not any for people who are not speech pathologists which you might be thinking, why do I care if I'm not a speech pathologist? Um, but we we discuss in speech pathology communication, and that's such an important part of being a human is communicating. So I wanted to make a podcast and we'll um, get into some fun um, aspects of life, looking through it as a speech language pathologist and maybe bring awareness to people who do have communication disorders and how to how to be around people with communication disorders because it can be it can be difficult if you've never been around somebody with a communication challenge to know how do I communicate like you want to but it's it's kind of tricky um and i named it the speak easy because like you know we're in a speak easy and swallowing dysphagia disorders of swallowing are part of speech um and also i thought oh it's kind of fun to speak easy um so so i think the very first part of my my episodes will kind of discuss a fun drink. I can't have any drinks in here in the studio because I'm a bowl in a china shop and I'll probably spill everything on this expensive equipment, but, um, I can discuss maybe a drink I've had. Like last night was the world cup. And so I had some friends over and we watched the world cup and, France lost, which I was hoping France would win, but Argentina won, so good for them. And we had some drinks, and one of my friends brought a drink called Migrating Coconuts. It's a, a porter from Rough Tail Brewing, and I did not get the reference. I've I've seen Monty Python, but I only remember like the part where the night all his limbs are chopped off and he's still trying to fight. But apparently it's a reference, if you like Monty Python, from the beginning. They use coconut shells to make the the hoof beats. And then they're like, how do we get coconuts? I don't know. I have to look it up. So if you know, I hope you enjoy it. And if not, it was still a really good beer. It was creamy and coconutty and porter. And I brought a beer called Seasick Crocodile from Prairie Brewing. And he did not get that. He didn't, He's like, what is that from? And my other friend got it from, you know, the Grinch, your Seasick Crocodile. Um, but that one was delicious too. It was like cranberry, ginger, nutmeg, and cinnamon, so kind of like a holiday beer, Um, both good. I swallowed them without any difficulty, didn't have any dysphagia there. Um, But now we're going to get into our main topic, which I thought I'd start this off, and the new year off um, with New Year's resolutions and how to write your New Year's resolutions in a smart way Because everyone, the whole thing with New Year's resolutions is, oh, we didn't do our New Year's resolution, or you buy the gym membership and then no, you don't use it after like a month or something. And the problem is, I think, is that we're writing our resolutions too vague. It's too vague. It's like, oh, I want to lose weight, or I'm going to go to the gym more, or those are the main ones. I'm going to start a new diet whatever your resolution, it's, it's kind of vague. It's not really very measurable. There's no accountability. It's just kind of like, I want to maybe do this thing. And so I thought, well, being a speech language pathologist, I have to write goals all the time. And we have a whole part of our training where we took a class or two just about goal writing and we were tested on it. And so I thought, well, I'm going to teach you guys how to write, um, a smart goal and other therapies probably also do this. Um, So SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. And so to make a really good goal, they're going to have all of these things. So let's just take, for example, what everyone usually says around the holidays after eating and drinking all that good food and drinks. Um, Like I want to lose weight. That's a very vague goal. It's not very specific. So to make it specific, you might want to say, like, what method are you going to use to lose weight? Are you going to go on a certain diet? Are you going to um, go to the gym? What what are you going to do at the gym? Are you going to—because you might be in the gym and be like, oh, where do I go? And you have all these other people, like, working out, the gym rats, and you're like, I don't know what to do, and you decide to leave. But— You might think I have a plan. I'm going to go to the treadmill and I'm going to walk or run for 30 minutes or I'm going to go to the weight trainer and take a class or do the yoga or Zumba class or go swim in the pool or shoot some hoops or something like what are you going to do to attain your goal? So it could be anything and you can, I leave that up to you. You can do your research and figure out what method you want to use, but you got to make it specific and then measurable means how are you going to measure if you've attained this goal? I don't think people usually have a measure. Maybe you say, I want at least 20 pounds or 10 pounds or five pounds a month or something. I don't know. I'm not sure what would be those goals, but how do you want to measure it? Or it could be like, I want to do this every single day for 30 minutes. I want to go to the gym and that's how I'm going to measure it. Am I doing it every single day for 30 minutes? Um, Then you have to get into, is it attainable? So the A in SMART is attainable. Is this something you can actually do? Can you go to the gym every single day for an hour before work? Are you going to do that? Maybe. I decided I was going to try to do that, and then I didn't. And then I just gave up. I was like, ah, this is too hard. I give up. But maybe if I started an attainable level, like I'll do it once a week, then maybe I would have kept up with it. And then I could build up from that. So you got to think, is this attainable? And there's something we talk about probably, I think other people do it too, Besides speech, patho- speech pathologists, I think psychologists do this. Um, they, just, they 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 um, develop this, and I think educators use it. It's called the zone of proximal development, and that is basically saying um, how mo- how often can you do this? Where it's not too easy that you can you're already mastered this thing, or it's not too hard that you can you cannot master it. It's got to be in the zone of proximal development where you can attain this goal with maybe a little bit of help, a little bit of support, and then you're on your way to mastering it on your own. Because if it's too easy, well, if you already know how to do it, then like you're already doing it. If it's too hard, then you might just give up because it's way too hard and you should have started a little bit easier. You got to find that sweet spot of this is where I need, I can maybe do this with a little help and I'm going to keep growing And we kind of think that's maybe 60 to 80%. If you can do something between 60 and 80%, that's kind of your zone of proximal development. 90%, you probably got it. 40%, maybe this goal is a little hard and you need to make it a little easier so you can be able to get it to 60 to 80%. So think about, is this going to be an attainable goal? Can I do this probably with 60 to 80% accuracy for the most part? And then then R is irrelevant is this relevant to your life? Or for my students, it's a little bit easier to know, like, is this a relevant goal or are they motivated by it and it's going to help them? But for your life, I mean, you're the only one who knows if it's relevant and how much it really matters to you. Like for me, one year I decided I want to try to run a half marathon and maybe eventually I'll even run a marathon. And so I looked up, you know, into like, the training and how often you have to train. And I realized you really have to be all in if you really want to do this. You have to train for like at least an hour every day, whether you're walking or running or doing weight training. And that's a lot of time when I'm working and I have want to hang out with my friends and I want to sleep and I want to like just do other little hobbies I have. Like that's a lot of time to do it, dedicate a whole hour a day. And so at some point I thought, am I really passionate about running a half marathon? Do I really want to do this? Is it relevant to my life? And in the end, I thought I'm good with just running like once or twice a week, and that's good enough. And I did actually do a half marathon, but it was with a group of friends who we all like. We took different legs of the half marathon, so I only ever had to do like three to six miles. And doing six miles taught me that I don't know if I want to do a half marathon for thirteen miles because I almost got the six miles, but my knee—I hurt my ACL, and my knee really hurts. So I think. Maybe that was an attainable goal and it wasn't really relevant. So I decided to, to drop that one. And then the next one is timely. So timely just means it's not too long. It's not too short to really see any growth. You probably could just do it for a year since it's a new year's resolution. Maybe you might make it for three months because you think, oh, I can do it for three months. Probably for more than a year. I don't know. That seems like a lot. But it has to be timely. So... These are our the acronym for SMART, Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Timely. And then before we, I'm going to actually write some of my New Year's resolutions this year um, in a SMART way. But before I do that, there's one more thing we have to talk about, and that's prompts and cueing. And that's how much help you give to a person whenever you're going through this goal. They're kind of similar, but they're a little bit different. A prompt is... Basically, something that increases the likelihood that will make you make the correct response. So you're kind of basically telling them what to do in a prompt. In a cue, you just give them a little hint. So you might think about giving yourselves little cues or prompts. Like maybe, maybe for your cue, you put your gym membership on your, on your counter. So you can always see it. And it's your reminder of, go to the gym. Or a prompt might be right on your calendar, go to the gym. And you like make an alarm or something, um, so that could be something you think about doing to make it a little easier. Give yourself reminders when you can't do it on your own just yet. Okay, so I hope now you've heard all of these ways of how to write a goal. You might think start thinking about writing your goals this way. I'm going to write a few of my goals so you can kind of get a sense of maybe how you would, um, how this would look like in real time. So I have 3 goals this year. Um I've been I've been missing playing musical instruments cuz I used to play a lot when I was younger and I just got busy with work and I thought I really want to get back into playing music again. So one of my goals is to play more musical instruments again, play music again. And then I also want to drink less sugar. I don't want to drink less sugar, but um, I probably should it's healthier so I'm going to try to drink less sugar I don't really eat sugar as much I like to like have my yummy yummy sugary drinks and then I want to write more because I like to write and I doesn't always have time so I want to make some time to write so here's how I wrote these goals in a smart way I'll start with the music one first Allison will play a musical instrument or sing four out of seven days during the week for at least five minutes a day for four weeks in a row, given visual prompts and cues by um, December 31st, 2023. So it was specific. It said, I will play a musical instrument or sing. That's how I'm going to be more musical. It was measurable. I'm going to do it four out of seven days during the week for at least five minutes a day. And I have to do that for four weeks in a row before I can go maybe bump it up to a new like 10 minutes or something or five out of seven. And then I'm going to give myself a visual prompt. I'm going to write it on my calendar and I'm going to leave my musical instrument out and that'll be my cue. So that's my first goal. And then, so you can make a goal for like you will do something, but if you want to stop doing something, you can make a goal for decreasing some certain behavior, which is my next one. Allison will decrease her sugar intake by not drinking a sugary drink 4 out of 7 days during the week for at least 4 weeks in a row given a visual prompt by December 31st, 2023. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not very um confident in myself, so my my attainability is very low. Just 4 out of the 7 days. That seems even that kind of seems hard, so we'll see. January 1st, we'll see what happens. So maybe that's going to be my cheat day, January 1st. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Um, So my last goal is about writing. It's kind of like the goal from the musical instrument. Allison will spend at least 10 minutes a day working on a writing project four out of seven days a week for four weeks in a row, given a visual prompt by December 31st, 2023. So those are my three goals. Um... And I might try to do something like write an email address. If you guys want to send in any goals that you have that you've written or want to have written in a smart way, um, I'd be interested in helping you with that. But I maybe need to figure out how that would work. I don't know. So we'll get back to you. Or if you see the show notes and there's an email address, I guess I figured it out. If not, I guess it means I didn't. And I'll keep working on that. Yeah. Um, But that's how you write goals in a smart way. I hope that helps you. And I hope that you find a good New Year's resolution and you can write it in a way that you will be motivated to attain your goal. And I hope that you write it specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. And um, before we go, I always want to sign out with... um, A couple of things. I'm always going to have a divergent naming task and a joke because those are good for your mind and for language therapy. So, divergent naming task basically means you need to name. We'll just say five items in the certain category. And I think when this is going to be released, it'll be in January. But right now, it is around Christmas time, and so my divergent naming task is name five Christmas movies. I'll give you a little bit of time to respond and then I'll say what mine are. Okay, go. Okay. Now I'll tell you my five Christmas movies that I thought of while you guys were naming yours. Mine is Elf, It's a Wonderful Life, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like that that weird version with, I don't know, it's claymation, whatever that is with Burl Ives, and he rolls around as a snowman. Um, The Family Stone, it's a Christmas movie. If you've never heard of it, I'd suggest you check it out. And Christmas with the Cranks. And then my joke is also going to be a Christmas joke, even if we are in January. I think you'll still enjoy it. What do you call a reindeer with bad manners? rude off he's rude get it my students some of them like that one some of them are like it's not funny miss hopper but i think secretly they liked it i don't know all right well thank you to possibilities they are the ones who in building bridges platform they are the ones who made this podcast possible all right bye keep it easy and i'll see you next time on the speakeasy